Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Thinking bigger and getting my mindset, my mind shift in a better place so that I can continue to scale and grow because really that's all that stops us. There's so much opportunity out there. All that stops us is our mindset. Welcome to the best ever show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed, and today I'm here with Stuart Gethner. Stuart's joining us from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's the president of Gethner Education and Consulting, which finds funds and manages off-market properties with double-digit returns for investors. Current portfolio includes just over 80 multifamily and manufactured housing units. Stuart, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? So my background, believe it or not, Slocum, is I'm a pharmacist. I used to own pharmacies here in town. In fact, my dad was a pharmacist. My uncle Max was a pharmacist. And the sad truth is I couldn't make it in Major League Baseball. So I decided to give real estate investing a try. It's always something I wanted to do. So from pharmacy, I migrated to investing in real estate. And my current focus is continuing to create wealth by buying and holding property and creating cash flow. I've done wholesale. I've done fix and flip. I've pretty much done everything in real estate other than development. And I find that to create long-term wealth really for me is getting a good cash flowing properties. doesn't matter if it's SFRs, condos, townhomes, duplexes, whatever they look like. At this point, we scale to multifamily, but creating wealth really is buying and holding. Building wealth comes from cash flow. That's something, of course, that I resonate with. That's one of my guiding principles for investing. I do want to come back to that in just a moment. 80 plus multifamily and manufactured housing units find, fund, and manage off-market properties. Are you raising capital for these deals? Absolutely. Back in the day, I used to do fix and flips. I remember one time I did a fix and flip with a partner, and it was a high-end fix and flip, and we made about $180,000, believe it or not. And my partner got 90, and I got 90. And that sounds like a lot of money until you pay down the Home Depot bill, pay off some credit card debt, buy yourself a pizza and beer. And at some point in time, believe it or not, whether it's a week, a month, a year, that 90000 is gone. And I've learned to really scale in this business is you want to be able to have partnerships, joint ventures, 
with other people. Everybody brings something to the table. And for me, what my people bring to the table are investors and they bring capital. Tell us more about your business plan, Stuart. It sounds like you hold for the long term. What type of properties do you target currently? And then what is your business plan with each of those acquisitions? Great question, Slocum. Really for us, what we target is we have a name for them. We call them whales. We want to buy property from a seller off market that has a portfolio of more than one property. They're usually a little older, 60s, 70s, even older. They've maintained the property themselves. And over the past few years, maybe they haven't done such a great job maintaining and they haven't done a great job raising rents to market rents. And the tenants probably aren't calling for the leaky faucet because if the landlord comes out, he's probably going to want to raise rents. So we got a little deferred maintenance on one side. We got some undervalued property on the other. Those are perfect for us. That's my target audience. And we take those. And I always use this example for my investors. Somebody probably signed a lease on those units yesterday. So I have to honor that lease and wait 12 months before I can get in there and change out the round toilet for elongated toilets, update the flooring, update the countertops, whatever that looks like, bring value to the marketplace. So our focus really is cash flow, long-term wealth. And I always say this to my investors as well. When they give us capital, we do a capital raise. I tell them it's a three, five, seven-year hold. Don't call me next month and tell me you need money for your kids' braces or college tuition. However, if someone should come around and offer us a stupid amount of money, we're going to have a conversation. I resonate with that a lot, Stuart. I've bought properties like that from a lot of those owners where the tenants know that they have a well below market rent, so they really don't want to alert the landlord to anything other than the fact that they pay on time. I've acquired some of those and I resonate as well. We're recording in early May, 2023. And in July, I bought a building with a partner where we had a really difficult tenant whose lease wasn't up until the end of this past April. And of course, they weren't out by April 30th. So I just met them at the property yesterday to complete the willful set out, no bailiff involved, but to complete the willful set out for that tenant that we wanted to get rid of back in July of last year, but they were on that lease. So are you familiar with the Burr strategy? Sure. I'm familiar with the Burr strategy. And I always give this example. If you were going to go to my house from here, you could go to my house many different ways. You could go to my house through the highway, local, roundabout way. So certainly there's more than one way to create wealth. The Burr strategy is one exactly perfect way. I have one of my clients and I do a fair amount of consulting with people who want to start or scale their business. One of my clients, his name is Forrest. He likes to not just do the Burr strategy, but when he buys something, no matter how uncomfortable it is at the time, he'll move into it. So each day he's there working on it, developing it. And then when it sells, as it's getting ready to sell, he finds the next project that he's going to work on. So certainly there's a variety of strategies we can do. That's what I love about this business, if you will. There's not one strategy or one way to do things. You don't have to be a wholesaler or a fix and flipper or a buy and hold guy or gal. It's not this or that. You could do this and that. So there's tremendous opportunities out there in real estate. And I know you know the slogan, but there's an old expression. There are two times in life to be buying real estate. The first time was 20 years ago. The second time is today. I believe that comes from a Chinese proverb about planting trees. 
Stuart, tell us more about the returns that you are offering investors. I want to get back to the notion of wealth building through real estate, have a conversation there. But in your bio, I said offering investors double digit returns. Sure. Is that exclusively based on cash flow? And if so, what does that distribution of cash flows look like between you and your investors? Great question. And I'm happy to share. So I'm sure the listeners are familiar with the concept of the cap rate. And the cap rate is NOI divided by purchase price. So we use the cap rate. We don't take into consideration the liens or loans or mortgages on the property because the cap rate is an equation to be able for us as general investors to compare one investment from another. So be able to compare a real estate investment to investing in crypto or the stock market or the bond market or precious metals or in oil and gas or, or, or. But the realistic point of view for us, as I work with our investors, is we look for a cash on cash return. And that's where we're talking about double digits. So for us, we tell our investors, just like I mentioned a moment ago, there may not be distributions in the first six to 12 months because we have to honor leases that may have been signed yesterday. So you always want to under promise and over deliver. So if they do get distributions this year, they love me even more. But the fact of the matter is, All our investors get monthly financial statements from our accounting department. All our investors have access to our bank account right now. And by the way, I'm not really a big fan of banks, so don't get me started. But we bank at Chase Bank. And Chase allows me to give you access to our account with limited function. So I can give you access to our investment account, but you can't make withdrawals. You can't wire out money. But view only access, I believe is what that's called. Yeah. Thank you so much. So if you only access and they can compare it with the monthly statements to make sure that their investment is sound and that there's no hanky-panky, full transparency, and then we do quarterly distributions. So we give our accounting department to the 15th of the month to reconcile last month's bank statement. So February 15th, January is due. March 15th, February is due. But after April 15th, March is the end of the quarter. So we give them an extra week to the 22nd to give out the quarterly distributions. And then I'll have a Zoom meeting with my investors and we'll go over what's going on. We'll go over, as we work with our clients, we talk about this all the time. You look in the rearview mirror, just like you would driving a car, just to see what's going on. And then we focus on what's next. We focus on the future. How do rents look? How does the outlook look? What capital improvements do we need to make? What capital improvements do we want to make to bring value to be able to increase rents? Meetings probably last 15 to 30 minutes tops. I can honestly tell you, not every investor shows up. They just want to know if their check is in the mail or direct deposited their check. But I believe in full transparency when we work with our investors, because I always think like this, what happens if I get hit by a bus or struck by lightning? What happens then? So for them, they know that their investment is secured by real estate. They know that they're still going to get the monthly financial statements from the accounting department. They still have access, view only, to the bank statements. So they're protected. That's the most important things investors want to know is, am I protected? And then what happens if? Stuart, tell us about your ownership structure between you and your investors. It sounds like currently distributing double-digit cash flows on an annualized basis, cash on cash return. What does that ownership structure look like? And what is it that you're getting in the deal? Probably before I answer the last question, I should have said this. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, okay? So there's a disclaimer. Don't invest with me. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay. Now, with that said, what we do is I have not raised a fund. I have success 
with Slocum. You have an LLC, your company's LLC. I have an LLC. You and I will form a company together with our LLCs as shareholders. Joint venture, yeah. And you'll put in capital. I'll put in capital, whatever that looks like. Everybody brings something to the table. I'll give you an example. I own some property out here in our valley. I'm in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area with a gentleman named Art and a gal named Tamara. Art is a general contractor. Tamara is a bookkeeper. I'm doing the property management. I own a company that does property management. So when the tenant calls or goes on the platform and says, I've got a leaky faucet. Oh, the window broke. Oh, the air conditioning's not working. I'm putting a phone call into Art, my business partner. Art's a general contractor. He's not going to get to it a week from Thursday. He's going to get to it right away. He'll probably hit it on the way home. Why is he going to do that? That's because he owns the property too. And it's just as valuable to him as it is to me. And then Tamara's our bookkeeper. And she, like I said, she'll do monthly statements as well as quarterly distributions. And why is she on top of it? Because it's her business and it's her property too. So we have very successful joint ventures. Everybody brings something to the table. Even if you don't have money, not having money, in my opinion, is just an excuse to not be involved because money goes in cycles. Like I mentioned on my fix and flip, I came in at 90 grand and a little while later it was gone and I still wanted to be in real estate investing. So scaling and working with other people's money, you may have the time, you may have other skill sets, flooring, drywalling, whatever that may be, roofing, everybody brings something to the table. And that's what creates not just a successful partnership, joint venture or strategic alliance, but also I'll add the caveat to that. We all leave our egos at the door. This isn't about me being right. This is about us making money. So we all want to have the opportunity to express our opinion. We weigh each other's opinion, and then we do what we think is best for the company. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital's never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez. 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets. We'll be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off. Off your tickets. That's MFINCon.com. Stuart, when did you get into multifamily investing? 
I started, believe it or not, in manufactured homes. People call them trailers, right? But when you're in the business, we call them manufactured homes. And probably those built before 1977 were probably trailers where you could hook them up to the back of your truck and move on down the road. So I started with manufactured homes. I learned all about pads. I learned all about two by six, two by four construction. We did a nice job. From there, I started to get into single family residences, condos, townhomes, and such. And this was back 1997, 98 in that neighborhood. And the challenge living in the Phoenix area is you could get to anywhere in about 20 minutes. So in about 20 minutes, I could go north, 20 minutes, I could hit a property south, east, west, whatever that looked like. Then our valley began to grow. We're now the fifth largest city in the United States. We surpassed Philadelphia. Now it takes me 20 minutes just to get to the freeway. So what I learned was driving all over back in the old days took me just a few minutes to get between properties. So being able to have multiple doors under one roof, that is, for example, multifamily, became appealing to me. So about six, seven years ago, we started doing joint ventures on our five units or more, five up to 20. And now we've been able to scale. We've been able to 1031. We've been able to grow our business. And I still have many of those SFRs that I started with back then. But for the most part, for me, and here's another piece that, that makes it a little bit easier as an investor slash landlord. And that is if the water heater breaks in one unit, the odds are some other water heater is probably getting old too. So the ability to scale and purchase, instead of buying one water heater, you can buy two, five, seven, whatever that is, your price, your cost of goods goes down. So that appealed to me. So that's what we've been doing ever since then. And not just in the Phoenix marketplace, we're in the Cincinnati area, we're looking at the Florida area. There's opportunity everywhere. And I'm sure you, your listeners can appreciate this. There's no emotion attached. I don't love it. It's about the math. And Stuart, the, have you acquired anything in the Cincinnati area yet? Yeah, we just tied up 16 units, subject to, in Cincinnati, in Norwood. In I'll Norwood, nice. Thanks. I'm Go here ahead. in Cincinnati and as an apartment operator and very familiar with Norwood. What's the plan with that 16 unit? You said you just tied it up, so you haven't gotten through due diligence so, yet, uh, but so what's the plan there? I'll be out there in a couple of weeks, so why don't we say hello to each other? We There's should. Three are on Grand and one is on Flower. So you maybe know those streets. So the plan is they're buying volts. And I learned a lesson many years ago, Slocum. I bought a condo conversion in Las Vegas. And you figure Phoenix and Las Vegas, they're pretty close to each other. But honestly, the property manager that I hired must have had a brother-in-law that was an out-of-work plumber. Because every other month I'm getting a bill, 180 bucks, leaky faucet, $300 broken toilet. Oh, there's mold in this unit. We got to open up these walls. I just couldn't drive down the street to just double check that I'm not getting ripped off. And I believe I got ripped off. So in order for me to invest outside my neighborhood, my state, if you will, I need a business partner, a joint venture, where I have boots on the ground. I can contribute to property management with platforms like today, like Folio and RentFind and such. You can property manage from anywhere, but I want to make sure that the faucet really is leaking and the plumber really does come out, that the plumber does a nice job before I pay his bill. So the goal is to create more opportunity, create more cash flow. And the only reason I picked Cincinnati, and it's ironic that you're there, my lovely bride's from Dayton. So we have family in Dayton. I've been asking, my lovely bride and I, we're going on 11 years. And I've been asking her family members, the price point here is a lot better than in Phoenix. Would you like to invest with me? 
Finally, about a year ago, a young man named Ryan in his late 30s, early 40s, civil engineer, married with a couple of kids, done some remodeling to his home. He reached out and said, I hear you're looking for a business partner in the Cincinnati area. I'd be interested. So we've been working together for almost a year and finally tied one down. At the end of the day, are we looking for needles in a haystack? Yeah, we're looking for needles in a haystack. But guess what? You keep searching for needles in a haystack, seek and you shall find, but you got to seek and we found. Stuart, this is a predominantly commercial real estate investing podcast. And while we have a sophisticated listener base, our listener base is most familiar with deal structures that are not like the ones you're discussing now and some of the ones that I've done. I've done a sub two deal in Norwood, as a matter of fact, pre-COVID, but explain to us a little bit more about, you said you do have this under contract already? Yeah, we have it under contract. I'm not going to ask for addresses or specifics necessarily, but tell us about the subject to component of this transaction. What does that mean? Sure. So I have worked very hard over the past X number of years to make sure that I have pristine credit. I worked over the number of years to make sure I have good relationship with lenders. Whether we like them or not, they're necessary evils, in my opinion. So there's always an opportunity from an investment standpoint. And I don't know if you listeners know this, but one third of all properties in the United States are owned free and clear. And many of those properties are owned by investors. And as investors get older, in fact, I have a guy that's in the Cincinnati area, happy to share with you. He owns 87 properties free and clear. And he said to me, if I sell them, I'm going to get hammered on taxes. And if I got the money, I'm probably going to go invest in real estate anyway, because that's what I know. So at this stage of my life, I'd rather loan than own. So from that perspective, that would be a seller financing deal. Subject to is a short for the expression, subject to the existing financing. I teach the class on this, and this is how I explain it in class. When we buy a property... We have what people call a mortgage, but it's really a deed of trust. We have the deed of trust or the mortgage, and we have the deed, and they get married. When you do a subject to deal, they get divorced. The deed transfers to the other person, but the loan stays in the seller's name. So you would think to yourself, why on earth would anybody do that? Why would anybody want to deed the property to someone else? In fact, most lenders have in their mortgage and their deed of trust a clause called the due on sale clause the alienation clause, the acceleration clause, they all mean the same thing. And pretty much they said, Slocum qualified for the loan. Slocum gave us his tax returns, his W-2s, his pay stubs, his bank statements, his blood sample, his urine sample, his stool sample. He passed all our inspection. We gave the loan to Slocum. Slocum, if you don't want the property anymore, if you're going to transfer it, sell it, or just abandon it, the lender says, we would just like our money. We gave you Slocum the money. We'd like our money. So there's Stuart, a-, a couple of things there from my experience, sub two. The first is when we did it, we just made the payments. We just mailed the check to the lender the same way that the original borrower had. And the lender never batted an eye because they were getting paid and they were getting paid on time every month. Speaking from my experience doing a subject two deal in Norwood, the reason why they wanted to go subject two with us was because they would make more money. They were willing to trust us that over the period of three years that we would need in order to honor the leases the seller had gotten themselves into before vacating the property, that what we were willing to give them in three years after we were able to reposition would be significantly greater than what we'd be willing to give them up front 
needing to inherit some difficult tenants and keep them in place for three years. So there are a handful of reasons why well, that makes you, sense. You mentioned right up front, there has to be a, an element of trust. There has to be an element of trust because if you don't make the payments, Slocum, what happens to Slocum's credit? It plunges. Nothing happens to Slocum's credit because the deed. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Sorry, so, the, the borrower's the credit, credit. The original credit, borrower's right? credit. Yeah, yeah, the seller's credit. Gets. So there has to be an element of trust between the seller and us and the seller and the listener in order for them to get the divorce, put the deed in my name and leave the loan in their name. So you're spot on. We do the same thing. Although back in the old days, they used to give people a coupon book to make payments with. Now everything's done online. So we just do just like you do. We just make the payments the same way the seller does. And for the most part, banks have sold the loan. They sold the loan to a servicing company like Aquin or Fay or Mr. Cooper or someone so that they can get the funds back and the lenders can make more money off loaning the money. So you're spot on with that answer. Stuart, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. What is the best ever book you recently read? The best ever book I recently read is called The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah, written by Richard Bach. He wrote a book called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. That kind of put him on the map. But for me, The Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah really hit home and has helped change my life. What is your best ever way to give back? And by the way, when you hear the word Messiah, it's not a religious book. So don't think that that's uh, at all. Gotcha. You know, so, so the best way for me to give back, I love teaching. I love educating. That's why I have my consulting business. I've taught for 15 years for our local RIA. I have 12 online classes for the national RIA. I've been fortunate to be picked up by Forbes, put on the real estate council. I've written articles for Forbes magazine, educating. So I give back by helping people achieve to start and scale and grow their real estate business. That's how I give back. Stuart, thus far in your real estate investing career, what is the biggest mistake you've made uh-huh. and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? Well, Lord knows I've made plenty of mistakes. So I would say the biggest mistake I ever made was not doing my due diligence when investing with other partners or joint ventures. And that's why I wrote a class on it. And my experience has been when you go into business with someone, it's almost like you're getting married. And most people I've seen as they start to grow or scale, they'll go to McDonald's or they'll go to Denny's and they'll have a cup of coffee with each other and they'll go, I'm interested in this business. Oh, I'm interested in the same business. And they'll laugh at each other's jokes. And before you know it, they're going into business together and you wouldn't do that to get married. So I've made the mistake of doing that, learned the hard way that just because someone's friendly and we seem to have a lot in common does not mean they'd be a good business partner. I've had similar experiences as well. On that note, what is your best ever advice? I'll give you a quick story, but it's a true story. There was a study done in the 50s, I believe it was by Harvard University, and they interviewed all the people of the day, the Fords, the Rockefellers, the presidents, Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, and they said to them, what would be the best advice and what would you recommend to people? And most said, I wish I would have started sooner. So everyone thought that would have been the advice. However, Dr. King and Mother Teresa who I'm sure we all know, they both had the same but different answer. And that's what I'd like to pass on. I think it's just amazing. Their advice was, think bigger. You take a look at Dr. King, you take a look at Mother Teresa and the lives that they touched, and you'd say to yourself, how could these people even start to think bigger? Because they've touched so many people all over the world. So for me, thinking bigger and getting my mindset, my mind shift in a better place so that I can continue to scale and grow Because really, that's all that stops us. There's so much opportunity out there. All that stops us is our mindset. Where can people get in touch with you? 
I would love it. You'll see we're not a very big company. We run pretty thin and we're very efficient. My website, I'm sure you put it in the show notes, www.contactstewart. Here's my phone number, 480-443-4500, 480-443-4500. And I know in the show notes, you'll put my email address. But I'm always looking for more partnerships and joint ventures and opportunities. And if I could give a pearl of wisdom and advice to someone now and then, it'd be my pleasure. I appreciate that opportunity, Slocum. Thank you for that. Quick point. I believe the website we have is stuartgethner.com. Works too. Great. That link and the other links are in the show notes. Stuart, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.